Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we will see a prototype of prayer as exemplified by the Apostle Paul. It's legitimate to say that you can learn to pray like an apostle, and as you learn, you'll reinforce what you've already discovered in Ephesians. Not a surprise, the title of this week's message is Pray Like an Apostle. Please follow along with Pastor Jim in today's slice of this week's message. I read something uh, just, just this week. It was, a, it was a pastor who did something in total contradiction to the Scriptures, and his explanation was, the Lord just told me what I needed to do, and I did it. Okay, so God contradicts Himself, right? He told you in His Word, this is wrong, you're doing it, and you said God told you to do it. Any, anyone who claims that God speaks to them in addition to what He has said in the Scriptures is at best misguided. Okay, the revelation is complete. How complete is it? Peter says it contains everything you need for life and godliness. It's all there, and it's given by inspiration. Now, when I come to it, here's the cool thing. I have a special relationship with the very same one who wrote it. The same Holy Spirit who guided the writing of the words of Scripture can help me to understand it. That's the process of illumination. So, study to show yourself approved. Be diligent to show yourself approved. What? As a workman who handles accurately the word of truth. And along that process, for the rest of your life, you can be basking in the illumination of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the reason I said all your life is, illumination is not a once-for-all zap. It's not like a spiritual taser that hits you and you, then you shake, and now I open my Bible and I understand all the depths of everything that's there. No, it's day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation, prayer by prayer, I can go mine the riches that are in the Word of God and find refreshment for my soul every day, and as needs arise, I can even find fresh ways to apply the timeless Word of God. So, Paul says it's the eyes of your heart being opened. Uh, John wrote it in a little different way. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, he calls this illumination, he calls it the anointing. Anointing is connected with the Holy Spirit. As for you, the anointing, 1 John 2, 27, the anointing which you receive from Him abides in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as His anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you abide in Him. Now, it doesn't mean there's no place for teachers, but it's saying the Word is all there and you have the anointing to help you understand it. You don't need some new revelation. So a situation arises. You weren't looking for trouble. You didn't do anything wrong, but there's there's the sudden illness, there's the 
unexpected unemployment. There's the there's the 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 car crash. There's the broken relationship. There's whatever crisis it might be, and so you bow before the Lord. You ask Him for wisdom, and as you ask Him for wisdom, you search the Scriptures, and as you search the Bible. He answers that prayer to give you wisdom as you understand what His Word says, and He gives you that wisdom and understanding. The very same concept is described in different terms over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 15, where the natural one cannot receive the things of God. But we have the mind of Christ. Go study that passage on your own if you like. Now, look back at the last part of what this general prayer says. What's he praying for? Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Wisdom comes from a Greek word that you know. You just probably didn't know that it's a Greek word. You probably thought it was a girl's name, Sophia. That's the word for wisdom. Now, I don't know if parents name their daughters that hopefully. I don't think they can prove that they deserve the name, but okay, that's the word. That's just where it, that's where it comes from. Um, it means spiritual understanding and the will to use it rightly for the glory of God. Revelation, I already told you about that word. It, it's literally an uncovering. It means making known. Paul is praying that our spirits will be in harmony with the revelation that is given from God. And then, knowledge. That's an interesting word. Uh, There are different words for knowing or for knowledge in the New Testament. This is one that um, you may have heard someone pronounce it before. It's epignosis. You may be heard of gnosis. That's knowledge. Epignosis is a strengthened form of that word. There are three different words used in the New Testament for knowledge. There's one, O-I-D-A, if you ever saw it spelled, oida, that refers to intellectual understanding of something. Oh, okay, I, I grasp that um, the area of a circle is, uh, to be de- is to be calculated by pi r squared, okay? You, you, can, you can grasp that intellectually. No, maybe you can't, okay? Two plus two is four. You, you, can, you can understand that intellectually. All right. Then there's the word ginosko that you can understand something through being acquainted with it by experience. So, um, okay, let's, let, let's stick with circles. How far would it be for me to walk around this, this thing? Well, what's the dynamo- uh, diameter? It's, it's pi times d. That's the circumference. Then you could experience walking around that circle whose area you've already calculated. You, you, you've had a personal experience with it. Epignosco is the strengthened form of that word. A guy named Richard Trench was quite a lexicographer in his day. He defines epignosco as, it is bringing me better acquainted with a thing I knew before or a more exact viewing of an object I saw before afar off. So epignosis is the the fullest, the, the, the deepest understanding. So Paul is, is praying for his Christian friends to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the epignosis of him. It means growing in the knowledge and the application of the truth about Christ made known through the written Word of God. 
It's a matter of uncovering and putting to use every spiritual blessing that we had mentioned back in chapter 1, verse 3, and then largely elaborated upon down through verse 14. So how do you best pray for brothers and sisters in Christ? How do you best pray for yourself in any situation? You pray for spiritual growth. You pray for deeper and deeper knowledge of the Word of God and the application of what you learn so that you can grow in your relationship with the God of the Word. Spiritual growth is the result of taking in and digesting spiritual food so that you you grow up into all aspects into Christ. We're going to see that terminology in chapter 4 of Ephesians. You wind up living like who you really are in Christ. Now, that's the general prayer. Then he's going to give you some specifics, starting at verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And we'll stop there for a moment. Now, remember, this is one continuous sentence, so this actually shouldn't have started a, a new sentence at the beginning of this verse, but n- never let that bother you. Okay, He wants to pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, that needs a comment. I usually don't go this far, but I would tell you if you are prone to writing in your Bible, it shouldn't say, may be enlightened. It should say, having been enlightened. It's a, it's a perfect participle in the Greek. Three people in the room might know what that is all about. And I don't know why they translated it, pray that you may be enlightened. I know that my Greek professor, who was part of the translation committee of, uh, of the original New American Standard, I know that he lost the argument on this verse because he knows better and he taught us better. And as a matter of fact, the new improved, if you will, uh, next, uh, it's not really a next edition, but uh, it's called the, the Legacy Standard Bible, uh, that it's now available in New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. The whole Bible will be done by the end of this year. If you look there, I actually looked this morning just to make sure that I wasn't losing it. Yeah, it, it should be having been enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart having been enlightened, or since the eyes of your heart are enlightened, that you will know these things. Now, this is a really cool mixture of words. The eyes of your heart? Eyes are what you, you know, take in visual data with. You know, light and dark and color and all of that. Your heart? How does that, how does that work? I pray you will uncover and apply more and more of the true knowledge of Him. Well, first of all, you've got to understand how the word heart is used. And to most of you, you've heard this. Uh, The King James, for this reason, used the word understanding instead of the word heart. Um, The word is actually cardia. All of our words, cardiac, cardio, they all come from this, uh, this Greek word. But there's something important about it that you have to understand. In English, we usually use the word heart as the center of our emotions, Uh, We say things like, uh, uh, okay, these are going to be old. You young people will explain them to you later. We say things like, I left my heart in San Francisco. Well, you are in a bad way if you actually left your heart in San Francisco. 
I think the Greek word for that would be deid. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.